This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Now we're going to get straight into it with my guests, with my guests this evening. Who should we call up first? Oh, okay, okay, that's a good idea. Liesl Burden is a, don't hold them up yet, Liesl Burden is a wonderful chef. She feeds me many meals. She has a, a, an excellent gift of hospitality. She's had me over for many meals, many times with the family. And she is a lean, mean boxing machine, apparently, here on whatever night there's boxing. Would you please give it up for... Uh-oh, am I in the right app? Would you please give it up for... I'm going to go back to the start of my music. Lisa Burden. That's enough of that. Our next special guest is is a new mother. And it's going to be great to hear the wisdom of a new mother. She used to be a youth pastor on the Central Coast, along with her husband, and is also been a spiritual mother to many youth on the Central Coast. And I know that for a fact because I work in high schools and they still ask me about Hayley Holland. Please give it up for Hayley Holland! <laughs> really quickly, does your wife go for a different soccer team than you? Does she go for the Mariners? Oh, a soft spot for the Mariners. She has a soft spot for the Mariners against her husband, which I think is appropriate in this particular matter. It is Louise Hughes and cue cards and go! <laughs> sound technicians here at Mother's Day Live. Thank you, Mr. Irk. And, finally, she is very youthful, but we call her an elder. I wonder who it could possibly be. It is. Biggest round of applause, because it's the last person coming up today. For Jenny Leonard. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. seat as well, unless you think there's a particularly good answer, in, in which case you can run up and hold up the applause sign if the people aren't already applauding. Can I give this one as well? Yep, we'll hand this one over here. Now, um, I grew up in a church, in a Lutheran church, which I've mentioned many times in sermons in different environments, and in the Lutheran church, it's very traditional and it's very conservative, and they don't have female pastors or leaders or, or anything like that, and uh, a female would never be up the front speaking. And I grew up in that, and to this day, my mum and sister and sisters would probably think that, that they would probably like find it weird if they walked into a church and there was a female preaching. 
And I probably had that conservative view growing up as well. And then when I moved to the Central Coast, boy, was I in for a shock when I started going to Pentecostal churches, Baptist churches. I had to rethink my whole framework because I'm about as conservative as they come. And what I've realized over time, as I've dug into theology and I've dug into the scriptures, I could definitely come before you right now as a, as a pastor and as a leader in this church and say I would have absolutely no problem with females in leadership or preaching or speaking uh, because, of, because of A, because of the study I've done, and B, because of the amount of um, wisdom and insight I've learned from the women that were in the first church I attended to on the Central Coast and in this church. And the people sitting on this, on this couch have all helped me in various different ways. And, um, and Jenny, I just want to affirm you as an elder because I keep saying to people, the, other, the male elders are great, but even when you weren't an elder, I tell you what, I got more encouraging text messages and Facebook messages from you than even those male elders. And I think you were perhaps an elder before you even took the title. And uh, I'm so grateful to be part of a church that um, hears from all voices. Uh, so I'm excited to interview guys tonight. I did send you the questions beforehand. I promise not to throw you any doozies. But remember, I do have the buzzer ready in case you say something wrong. <laughs> I promise not to use that tonight. But if you say something funny, we'll get this one. <laughs>
you met him once? Mm, didn't yes. like it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Dogs go to heaven. But Cats sits. Oh. oh no, Jenny's Jenny didn't like that statement. <laughs> She's got, I'm going to get an email from the eldership. <laughs> I better not keep going. Uh, Louise. Seven grandchildren. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of neat. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you. <laughs> so far, I've received one text. Oh, no. <laughs> let's call them live right now. Let's call. Let's give them a call. What's their number? That's, oh my goodness. The night is still young. The night is still young. You're going to get back to your seat, and your phone's going to have blown up with with missed calls and messages. Yeah, that's that, that's. And Jenny. Hey, I'm Jenny. I have been here for over 42 years. And I have two children, adult children, and six grandchildren. So my son and his wife and three of my grandchildren also come here. Very That's exciting. Very exciting. 40, 41 years. And how old is the church itself? That's pretty, got to be pretty close to 40. Four-ish. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, from yeah, I had... It, that it was a door knock. A door, door knock. knock. Yeah, that, that's part of another story, so I'm not telling you now. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, that was two questions in one. So thank you so much for being here, and happy Mother's Day to you all. And I'm very excited to um, hear from you tonight. And we'll just get straight into the questions. Do you have a favourite Bible verse of encouragement uh, during tough times, during hard times, or even during times of good? Do you have anything to share about that? And any one of you can jump in first because you're all champing at the bit. Oh, you might, you might need the microphone. Oh, we're recording it. We're recording it. Oh, are we? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I have a few from Isaiah. I have lots, lots and lots and lots of verses. But I've been thinking about this and I just, oops. So, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Very good Bible verse. So, in Isaiah 43, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And why? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Amazing. Louise, did you have any? Yeah, I don't know if I misread the question. 
that's okay. Yeah, it's like however you read yeah. it. I sort of interpreted that as you sort of just like trying to go to if I'm going through and I'm not really messing with them. Things yeah. I'm not really enjoying. And like what Jenny read, I mean, the, the rehearsals all through the Bible, of course, it's basically saying, you know, when, when times are tough, I'm with you. God's with us. There's one that I found that's been really practical help to me that is a simple little verse where Paul writes in uh, Philippians 4.11, I've learned to be content in all circumstances. And I just find, when I first read that, I think I was about to go into a circumstance in which I was not content. I didn't think I was possibly not going to be content in it. And I thought it was interesting that it says, I've, I've learned to be content in that it's not something that will come naturally, but that you can be content in circumstances that are not what you want. Now, I know that that verse is not going to get anyone through deep grief or, or trauma, you know, be content, that's, that's just not going to cut it. But in a lot of the day-to-day stuff, when you're just not, things just don't go your way, or you're feeling like you're missing out, or you don't have what you want, or I don't want to be here, I want to be there, or those people have got that, and I don't, that verse really works for me. To be content, we don't have to be ecstatically happy all the time. The content we can do if we look at what God's given us, and I guess it's cliche of counterfeit blessings or whatever, but just being thankful, knowing what you've got. I mean, if you've got God and you've got nothing else, you've still got plenty. Um, that, that verse really works for me, and it just it can change your attitude, and a change of attitude can really affect how you deal with with stuff. That's so good. That's so good. I, I, that verse for me reminds me of when I first moved to the coast and I was a cleaner and I was eating migoring and I became content with, uh, with eating two-minute noodles. And, and now it's great because I get to be fed by uh, people like all of yourselves who drop meals off in my house. And uh, I'm also content in that circumstance, so you need to learn more. Well, that's what Paul said. <laughs> I mean, I've learned to be content with plenty and with hunger. Yeah. You know, so it's good, bad. You can still be content, if not in raptures. Amazing verse. Um, so I'll be honest. Like I don't get a lot of time to read my Bible these days with uh, little ones running around. But um, it's just the season I'm in. But um, I was thinking about a scripture that we um read with Nora every night. Um. And it's from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord sh- the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And I just think, like, that's even relevant for me, not just for Nora, more relevant for everyone in this room. But, like, sometimes the um, weight of motherhood, like, especially as a first-time mum, I can feel really out of my depths, but um, like at the end of the day, like Nora is God's and I'm just there to steward her and like he's there to protect her and bless her and yeah, like it just takes the weight off me so yeah, I receive that for myself as well every night so yeah, that's my one, that's my book Awesome, yeah. awesome Lisa? Um, oh, you took notes, look at this oh, Here we go I feel a little bit of <laughs> <laughs> I was like, go blank Um 
So I wrote down to uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which says, Do not be anxious about anything, um, but in everything by prayer and petition, petition, and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Um, that's on the front of my prayer journal, exercise book. Um, the other one is Hebrews 11, 1, and I didn't write that down so that exact words have escaped me. Uh, but basically, it's, uh, it talks about faith and believing what you haven't yet seen. Um, and uh, I was also thinking about that during this morning's service, and Shirley um, uh, was singing, I will look up. And I love the words that say, I will look back um, and see that you are faithful. I will look ahead believing you are able. Um, and I think that's where I get a lot of encouragement from just not being anxious, looking around again at being grateful and content with what I have, um, and giving that over to God, remembering what He's done in the past, and believing and praying for what will come in the future. That's awesome. That's awesome. I will look up. I've forgotten it. There is none above you. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. We really need those tonight because... Okay. We're on to our fourth question. Now, um, anyone can jump in and answer this. And if you don't, um, you know, I want to reach that before. Not everyone has to answer it, so we don't have any prepared for all of them. But I just wanted to ask... Um, yeah, what is God? I, I believe God is always speaking in a variety of different ways, and I just wanted to ask, what is God speaking to you about? Whether it's whether it's personal or whether it's for our community or for our church. I'll just say that the little intro that Kiralee gave to the first song, and what Lisa just said there, is kind of what God's been talking to me about. It's about anxiety, being worried about stuff. Trusting him for it, and that's both a personal thing. Um, you know, there are people I pray for that I'm worried about, and, and I have to, you know, I guess God's has told me a few times, you know, I, I know them, I love them, you don't have to convince me uh, that, that they need my help. Um, and But it also goes to in the, in the church, because I've got to admit, I went to a little bit of a panic when that <laughs> outbreak was going, it's like, ah! And, um, Same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the future's uncertain, right? Yeah. And we're kind of, everything was kind of, well, not predictable, that sounds a bit bad, but things were so good, you know. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, what, what, what's it going to be? And, um, and I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> anyway, trust God. Uh, it's, you know. decide for God what he should do, you know, and, you know, I want one of those, I want one of those pastors, but what if it's not, you know, um, just be open. And need extra prayers, obviously, because your husband's the chair of the board, so any, anything really could happen. <laughs> I can just blame him, yeah. Blame him, yeah, well, blame him, blame him. Uh, anyone, anyone else want to answer into that question? Oh, I, yep, I saw a hand. 
me, there's a lot that God is really taking us through at the moment. One of the things that he is moving us through is his rhythm, getting into the unforced rhythms of God's grace. And I was at my daughter's church a couple of weekends ago and her pastor is doing a series on the rhythm of God's grace. And he used the word cadence or cadence as it was being pronounced, cadence. So I thought, what the heck does that mean? When, when I read the Bible, when I'm asked to read the Bible, I've been doing it for years, and when I used to do speech, speaking, it's the inflections, the ups and the downs, the pauses, the semicolons, the stops, the starts. That's what cadence is. It's the rhythm of God. Now, rhythm God has created right from the get-go. The sun goes down, the sun comes up. It's his rhythm. And in... Um, this is according to the message version. You all know this. Um, now, guess what? It's just disappeared. Um, no? It's gone. Oh, here it is. Sorry. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So that's what is happening with me at the moment. Learning to walk in the rhythm of God's grace. Now, it's not easy for him to do that for me because I'm a control freak. And I like to sort of plan things and have everything, like you Louise, have things worked out. And yep, I'll go that direction. But And I was listening to something, just two little things, one very funny actually. Um, the other day I was listening to a gentleman who's been helping me along my steps of, of prophecy. And he was talking about the ark. Now you probably all know this, but I didn't. But the ark didn't have a steering wheel or a rudder. Is that true? You men who have studied the Bible. Thank you, John. And I just went, wow. And you know what that means? He, he was talking about us being in our own ark, and we're in the rhythm of the water of God's grace. You don't steer it. You've got no steering wheel. You've got no rudder. So it's God that does the steering it's God that takes you in the direction that he wants you to go in. And when I was at the gym the other day, this is a funny one, I was on the um, bike, you know, doing my forced bike thing, and up in front of me was the screen, and the word cadence was on the screen. And I went, oh my goodness, because I do it with five, four other ladies and my trainer, and none of them are Christians, and I went, oh my goodness, Look at this. This is the rhythm of God's grace. I'm actually on this bike, and I am rhythming with God on this bike. Like your arms are going like this way. So, 35 years ago, I was in a skit in this church. We used to do skits. We had a drama team. And Gary Bring often, it back. Bring it back. What? Gary often would have a drama team uh, just part of his message. 
And this particular day, myself and Vicky Wickett, we had to come in in our gym gear and we were on the bikes. Now, I was the Christian chick who had all the answers, not. And Vicky was a new per- person who was searching. So she was asking me all these questions. And I'm on this bike and I'm going, you know, the rhythm, I don't know. And I went, my goodness me, 35 years later, instead of being frightened to say about the rhythm of God, I actually blurted it out in the gym two weeks ago. And I thought, that's crazy. But see, that's God's wonderful rhythms. At the right time, God did that. You know, I practiced for it 35 years ago. And he, he mentioned that to me at 3 o'clock the other morning. And I just burst out laughing. Lucky my husband snores so well because he couldn't hear me laugh and I didn't wake him up. But it was just crazy. And I love that about God. And that's what all his rhythms are about. It can be crazy. And I'm a crazy sort of chick, so it has to be. But it can be quiet. It can be peaceful. You've got to get into his rhythms. That's your life. Don't swim upstream. Swim with God. That's amazing. Amazing. Come back next week. We'll have two uh, exercise bicycles here on stage, and we may have a skit for you prepared. Any volunteers? Any volunteers? Uh, that's amazing. I've, well, I've got one sermon that I've got to write out of that, and a lot of wisdom. So thank you for the sermon content, and thank you for the wisdom. That's amazing. Yeah, wow. I love it. I love it. Anyone else want to answer into that question? Lisa? Um, mine, mine's probably about the theme for this year of reconnect. Um, I, as part of my role as part of the pastors' staff team, is that I go along to our pastors' staff team retreats, uh, which we have twice a year, and um, our second one, which is at the end of, sorry, we have two a year, but at the end of each year, um, we spend some time in the lead up to and intentionally. Seeking God about where He would want us to go next year in terms of preaching series and themes and um, yeah, things like that. So, out of that, uh, obviously, came Reconnect for this year. And um, I guess there was a very strong sense of obviously reconnecting people coming out of COVID and things like that. Uh, we know that there's so many new people the church in the last few years who haven't been able to reconnect as well and those who have been here for donkey's years um, and I've had friends that have been here for a long time too coming up to me like I don't know anyone anymore, I feel like I'm in a new church I'm like, that's because there's lots of new people That's so uh, I think it doesn't matter if you've been here two years or 40 years, we all kind of feel a bit the same at the moment, but um, what, what then uh, was downloaded to us was that that could be your local soccer club or your netball club that you've just joined. Um, because they don't have the Holy Spirit and we do. And so um, it's actually about us doing community physically together or maybe online. Um, but, it's a, but it's about tuning into the Holy Spirit in that. Um, because if we don't have both, we can't do either of them well. Um, yeah, 
That's the perfect summary. Thank very you. good. And very discerning because we're about to do a Holy Spirit series. Or have we begun it? As, as we've begun our Holy Spirit series. So, you're doing a great job, Tay. Yeah. We should go into show business together. You can be the cue card holder. You should come join us at youth. We do this at youth every now and then. It'll be good. Should we start the next question with you, Hayley? Yes. yes. Did becoming a parent change your perspective on God or life? Good question. I did not see that in the question. <laughs> <laughs> it was number five. Question okay, five. I probably just skipped do you want, it. Do you want me to skip to the last one? Uh, no, I can answer that. Okay. Can you just say it again? One more time. <laughs> uh, question five. Did becoming a parent change your perspective on God or life? Yes. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I think, like, being a parent, it, you can't go unchanged after becoming a parent. And did it change my perspective on God? Like, yes. Because he, like, it's such a big responsibility, I guess, like, you see how much you love your kids and then you have this new realisation of how much, like, how God sees you and how he loves you. But even that doesn't even scratch the surface of how much he loves us. That makes sense. Does that make sense? That makes more sense. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, I didn't have time to think about that question. Well, it reminds me of... It reminds me of Johnny's sermon. He had a part in it this morning about like how you take an analogy and then God loves even more than that. Mm. And I forget the exact scripture, but it was something like, could a mother possibly forget the child's face? Even if she could, God would never forget the child's face. Was that something like that, Johnny? It's, you sort of take something that's like, it's obvious, like a mother can love a child. But like, and we know that that's amazing. But then God loves so much more than that. So that's, a, yeah, that's an awesome perspective. Thank you, Hayley. Louise has her microphone ready to go. <laughs> I was, yeah, was going to answer very, very similarly in that I always sort of say that I don't think I really knew what love was till I had a child. I mean, surely I loved people before, but it was like this was something else. It was like I loved in 2D before and then suddenly I was loving in 3D. And it was this love for this child that, like, and It's, it's purely unconditional lives. All they do is poop and vomit and cry and sleep, and yet you die for this child. And that was sort of, yeah, that unconditional love. First of all, before I took it to God, I suddenly realized, oh, my goodness, my parents love me like this, and I've been really crying to them, you know, and it really made me appreciate that. And then I thought, wow, yeah, this is how God loves me, but more. And um, it, yeah, it, it really sort of changes things. And even as in dealing with the kids, you know, even when they're sometimes, you know, I'm tempted to think, oh, I'm so crummy that God probably is sick of me and doesn't love me much. You know that it doesn't matter what your kids do, they always love you. And that sometimes it also helped me to, when I was sort of saying, oh my goodness, I keep doing same things over and over and over again that I tell them not to do and then I think oh but that's what I do to God and yet he forgives me 
personal interest. And so, yeah, that relationship, you know, the Bible tells us that the us-God relationship is a parent-child relationship, but the parent, it is not for no reason that that's how it's described, because we can understand that. something else. Yes. Getting back to the fact that I've only received a text today, it made me realise too that, you know, even when my kids are grown, I just long for contact with them. I just, you know, just to sit down with one of my children is my greatest joy on earth. And so that's how God desires relationship with us. And it, it's really helped me to understand that, you know, that the reason... So call your mum. Call your your mother. Call your mum. Was it a long text? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, she did give me dinner on Mother's Day. Oh, no. Or Mother's Day. No. no. I haven't been neglected. It's It's fine. Yeah, do we have anything else quick to add to that question? Um, I would say, I don't know that my perspective of God has changed a lot, but God has definitely changed my perspective. Uh, two probably quick examples was that I was uh, involved in a number of ministries when I first had daughter, and one time mum went, oh, uh, one tiny thing is now consuming my life, and I can't do my ministries, and remember venting to a friend one day being like, have you ever thought that you have any children in your ministry? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> it's okay, you can do all the other ministries later on when they've become grown up, but maybe this is a change of season and you need to... Exactly, exactly. It's a new season. Yeah, we actually had that conversation this morning. I don't want to serve on this. I don't want to serve on that. Um, we need chairs that are up as your muscles. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I guess particularly as a young mum, um, it is definitely hard to spend the time with God. And I remember um, coming to church, and it got to the point where I felt so terrible coming every Sunday night, um, to the point where I almost didn't want to come, and I felt very guilty that I had spent no time intentionally with God, week after week after week. I was songs in the background or whatever, and I was sitting uh, in church one day just wrestling with that, and God was like, imagine if this was the cup of coffee that we get to have, like you might get with your best friend. Uh, You wouldn't not have that cup of coffee with your friend because you didn't text them that week, or you didn't call them to say hello. You would just like drink in that hour or two that you get to your physical friend. So how much do you think I delight in the fact that you're sitting here on a Sunday? Like, forget about the rest of the week. Actually, just let me talk to you and be with you now and shut all that down. Um, You know, the enemy will try and distract you and tear you down. Um, So stop all the lies and actually just enjoy this hour and just be with me and delight in it so that you can get through the next week. So, so Are you happy for me to go to the next question? No? Oh, no, please. This is one. Yeah. 
girls had answered it for me, just one thing. It was through my children that I came back to the Lord. Oh, wow. So um, my daughter was just over three, Matthew, who's here. Um, he was 15 months old. And God had been working on me, unbeknownst to me. And he, uh, he brought me to the point where I realized that I wasn't giving my kids a choice that my parents had given to me. I was away from God for probably three years. And, um, yeah, it was a huge thing. And that's when I got the door locked. And, you know, we, they were putting a new church here, and I had two guys knock on my door who I thought were Mormons in disguise at the time. And because um, we'd been bothered by the Mormons, and did you have any witnesses? I honestly think I had a cross on my letterbox because I... So, yeah, so it was, it was through my kids that I came back into a relationship with God. So it's really important um, yeah, to, to give that choice to your children. That's amazing that they came up with that. That's amazing that they've, that they've looked at each other and gone, oh, we can hold up. Wow, children are quite, some, wow. Good work. I don't get this cooperation at home. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a last question here. Um, uh, I think, I think being, I don't know, I don't know, so this is very much I think. I think that potentially being a parent can be difficult. And I think seems like being a parent can be difficult, particularly with, no, our youth are pretty good, to be fair, but some of them, none of your kids, it's okay, um, but, um, and, and life can be, life can be difficult, I was, um, you know, Mother Day, Mother's Day is a day of celebration, we have our scones and we have our, um, we have our Mother's Day live and this morning was a fantastic service, but I know that on a Mother's Day it can be quite a difficult day for a lot of people as well, it can be a day that reminds us of loss and grief and yeah, be, being, being a human can be very difficult, even on days of celebration. And, uh, and I know that being a parent can potentially be difficult too. If anything, I know that because I'm sure I was a difficult son many times. Yeah, no, I didn't call my mum today. It was good. It was a FaceTime even. It was a FaceTime even. And, uh, and, and my grandma, all her men, so it's good. Uh, Yes, when I do call home, it is a lot of conversation about the hair. Can you, can you fit it in the screen? <laughs> no, I can't. My mum actually loves my hair. So there you go. She wants me to keep growing it. My dad just thinks it's hilarious. And my nan and pop want to disown me from the family. So that's the... That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, go nan and pop. Uh, but the last question is, how can we as a church, and we are the church, we're in this room right now, and um, I think it's important that we're actively serving, um, not just here on a Sunday, but also actively serving in the million different ways we can actively serve our community. And so how can we, the church, and this can be the application for us tonight, this can be the, a sermon usually has an application at the end of the sermon, we say, so go forth this week and try apply this to your life. This can be the application. How can we as a church help support 
right question. Right question. Um, I really wanted my, it was thought it was important for my kids to know, um, to have other role models, to have other people in their lives who were Christians and not just think that it was just something funny that our family did. So it was important to me that they had other strong Christians that they could see and observe. So I sort of think that the, I mean, apart from kids' church and, and all that, which is important and it's great, that it's also really important, though, just to uh, be modeling Christ to the kids who are in the church so that, um, so that you hear so many people who talk about they grew up in the church and don't want anything to do with it because of the people who they saw or negative experiences that they had and they were just actually turned off God by, by behavior in the church. So I think the most important thing that we can do for people's kids and for their parents, obviously, is to love them, to uh, demonstrate the fruits of the Spirit so that they will see that they'll see Christ, that they'll see it's good that they'll see that the Christian life is is worth living and that they'll want, they'll aspire, they'll, they'll want that. Not, well, they were grumpy, they were judgmental, they were always telling me what to do. Everyone was always, you know, fighting with one another. If we live out Christ's love and the fruits of the Spirit, that's, that's I think that's as big a lesson to the kids as what they're going to learn at a kids' church or anything. If they have, they can have the greatest lesson in the world, yeah. but if they look at us and think, yuck, then it's not going to do anything. So love them, respect them, be role models, mirror Christ to them. And that's, that is what all parents want for their kids to see. down, takes a village to raise a child. Um, so yeah, absolutely having other people um, present their take on Christ. Um, and my kids, uh, just to see the different personalities and um, even beyond God, um, I, I spent a upbringing, I guess. I spent a lot of time living with another family in the church, uh, which again was phenomenal. That has definitely instilled in me um, a sense of family that I didn't have in my own physical walls at home. Um, but something uh, I never did as a child was go away with other families. I would often see other families in church going away um, with each other and wish that I had that. And that's definitely a value that I have different things that my kids get to just experience in life, even jumping off walls and uh, down in the water and different, just different things that different families um, bring and it just experiences and memories that, um, you know, kids ride motorbikes, I don't know, I don't know motorbike. Um, yeah, there's just different things that, um, uh, that bring such value to their life from other adults and other kids in their life um, who just do life a bit differently to what we do or have you know, different resources to do that. Um, but beyond that, 
I also wrote, it takes a village to raise an adult, and it takes a village to raise a parent. And it goes back, I guess, to my experience of, um, of growing up and not having a stable family. I had other physical, uh, other families that kind of adopted me in, or another family that kind of adopted me in, and uh, many mentors um, as I got through my later teens and, and early uh, adult life. And um, even now, I mean, Jenny and I had coffee late last year, planning to do it again, um, you know, chatting to people like Georgina Rosie, who are, who are just those bit ahead of where I'm at in life. I mean, obviously the kids are all the same, um, all the same. They don't come with a manual. But um, I think whether you're a parent or any age that struggles in life, Go and talk to someone about them um, because you'll often find that they've been through it or they know someone else who has been through whatever you're going through. Um, and I think it's a bit, I think John preached, um, had a great example the other Sunday morning. He talked about how, um, about uh, a, a guy fell off a cliff and grabbed onto a branch and God, please save me. And, you know, a rope came down and they went and grabbed the rope and he said, no, I'm waiting for God to save me. And the helicopter came and, the, you know, the guy dangles down, you know, I'll clip you onto me. No, no, I'm waiting for God to save me. Like God is in every single one of you and every single one of us here at Narara. And sometimes God will provide a conversation with you that will just bring you wisdom and maybe not wisdom, but at least help you to feel like you're not alone. Um, so, yeah, I don't think, that, I don't think it, it's about... That, again, that whole community um, and we never stop growing so keep investing into the generations below you but keep investing in the generations above you and likewise because we all need each other on the journey That's amazing I might write two sermons out of that one first that takes a village to raise up it would just be takes a village Takes a village in the sermon to be sermon points. Takes a village to raise the takes a village. That's awesome. So I'm going to steal that. Thank you. And I'm also going to, I wrote this down because it came to me while you were speaking. But you said it doesn't come with a manual. And so now I'm going to try and work on a sermon that's like it doesn't come with a manual, but it comes with the manual. Could be a Christmas sermon. I don't know. We'll work on it. But I have written that down. Stay tuned for a later Valley PM service. Um, if you, if you desire to answer this question. Just speaking on, I read something quickly this morning that said life does not come with a manual, it comes with a mother. Oh. 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 Just applause, that one. Um, yeah, just adding on to, yeah, I looked at that question as what I could do. And looking at, you know, I, I love that we let our kids just run wild, not wild, but they're allowed to be kids in junior yes, essence. Yes, 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 yes. You know, so I have come to a point where I'm letting, you know, that's, that's good for me. I came up again in the old days, children were seen but not heard. And I remember coming here and we, you know, there was no, we'd have Lego with our kids or stuff like that, keep the kids quiet and stuff like that. But I just really feel that. There's that verse in the Bible that says to have a listening ear, be quick to listen and slow to speak. We need to be to be doing that to our mums and dads today. 
it's really, really hard um, to raise your children today. So we need to be looking out, be really, really discerning of your families here in your church. You know, um, and be prepared to, your advice may not be taken, that's fine. Um, and don't push your advice on them. You know, just, just give them a chance to, like Bruce was saying, you know, get, get out and do a coffee or a, or a walk with them. But listen to them and maybe pray or pray, Gary. He said, um, major on the majors, minor on the minors, which was a big thing for me at that time because my son wanted a tattoo and he also wanted long hair. So, which was which? The tattoo was major and the uh, haircut was minor. So you major on the major, you major on the tattoo. And um, that's, yeah, I, for me that was what it was. But really pray into how you can help our parents today. And someone said it, each child in your family is different. So even as a parent, don't expect how you raise one child that's going to work for another. Because children are different. And they will try to do things differently. Um, yeah, so I, I just feel that we've got to come alongside you. And really pray into, before we give advice, really, really pray into... And know the mum and the dad that you're talking to. You know, you just can't give advice off the top of your head. You've got to seek God in this. And you've got to, again, build those bridges. So get to know those families in the church. And let them be families. Let them you know, be who they are. And God will work it out. God will work it out. So, you know, I just feel really strongly that you've just got to come alongside you and, and not not push what we think should be happening in that family. Why? Because we're not seeing what's going on behind closed doors. We're just seeing sometimes what happens here on a Sunday. Um, you know, so, so, yeah, I just don't know how to put it. I just feel really strongly that we've got to come alongside and encourage and not discourage. You know, we've got to be here for these Sometimes you think, oh, I haven't got anything worthy to say, but it may be just some little thing that you drop into their life and it works. And, yeah, and just let God do what God wants to do with these families. Thank you. One second, Heather. We probably don't have a time for a final song, but, um, yeah, thank you, Jen. Um, we probably don't have time for a final song, but, Josh, would you be able to play some for a quick prayer at the end? symbol for guitar. <laughs> yeah, Ellie, you're a, a new one. Yeah. Um, how we can help parents practically, I'm thinking practically. Um, so there's a lot of new mums that are coming through in the next year, like old people, mums who have newborns, mums and dads. And I think like thinking, I mean, I still have a young baby now, but like food goes such a long way in that first and especially if you have a baby like mine that just never sleeps in the day. I never have time to cook. Um, and, like, when you, yes, the baby's exciting. It's 
like a new life and everything, but never forget to ask the mum how she's going because she's going, and the dad, they've gone through such a huge life change and it just changes overnight. And, yeah, like, always remember to sit next to the parents and ask, like, how, how are you really going? I think is really important. And when you go to their house, offer to wash the dishes or, like, quickly vacuum. I know for us, like, I would have because we don't have family close by and like our church and our friends are our family and they would take Nora for a walk so I could sleep and we had people bringing food and I, like our church is so good at doing this. We hadn't even been here for a year when Nora was born and we just had meals and meals coming for like five weeks. We didn't know where to put all of the food. So I can't fault the church on that. And I think like the first year is like probably the hardest. I feel like now Nora's coming up to turning one, it's getting easier now, and I think that, like, let's not forget past the first month or two or three, like, if you're going over to visit, hey, do you want some snacks? Like, do you want me to pick up something from the shops? It goes such a long way. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Can I have another go? Yes, yes, please. I'll be, I'll be quick. Yeah. That just reminded me of practical stuff, and like you, you know, it, it's really important, and I, we were also far from family, had four kids, no babysitters, and the loveliest thing that happened to us once was a young girl in the church, we, we would pay for the babysit if we had to go somewhere, she offered as a ministry to come and babysit for us midweek so we could go to a Bible study group. Wow. So she recognized that there was no way we could do that. So just be on the lookout for the things that, which every family is going to be different stuff like that, yeah, coming and walking a babysitter, or just just be attuned to that when you're talking to young families, that they might have a very practical need that you can easily fulfill that makes the world of difference to them. slides is three ways to give. Three ways to give. And we say we have three ways to give here at MVBC. The wooden box at the back, online, and by the tithe we have. And uh, we didn't use that slide this morning, but I was worried that we would because what I was thinking about was like, there's not just three ways to give in our kingdom. We have millions of ways to give. It isn't just finance, it's gifts, it's the talents, it's the, it's all those things, but it's also the practical things, it's dropping off a meal. I, I said, like, I thanked God for the spiritual mothers in our in our church this morning. I thank again tonight because even this week someone dropped a meal off to my door and I don't get a lot of home-cooked meals. And we have a million ways to give. So I'm going to say in the past the staff meeting this week, can we change the slide to something more, something more specific about finances because we have a million ways to give not just three. And so thank you for these, um, these applications that we make um, in how we can help our families, how we can give in that regard. Um, I might ask Louise if you could pray for our community. It wasn't on the list. <laughs> this question, question seven. Pray for our community? 
pray, Lord, that you will make us a church that trusts in you, looks to you, and also a church that will, will support the families here, who will support them spiritually and practically. Make this place, Lord, be a place that just overflows with your love. Lord, that really just grows disciples from babies up. And just thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.